Hey guys, welcome to the Higher Points, and today we're coming at you with another To The Point. Um, we're just going to bounce some uh, thoughts we've had in our head from the past week. Um, I think Nick's going to talk a little bit about a follow-up from our last podcast with Bill Howard about the Ovadi um, school shooting, um, and I might talk about some desserts. So we'll did, let, uh, did you just say Ovadi? Ovadi? Uvalde. Uvalde, sorry. You fouled it. Start over. Start. Can't can't do this. You messed it up already. <laughs> Take her from the top. <laughs> okay. So the the last podcast, uh, Bill Howard was on, and we was he was talking about the the Rob Elementary School shooting, and kind of just basically breaking that down and debriefing that. And that that podcast has gotten a lot of listens. And he shared after the podcast with me an interview that the Chief Ardondo had done with the Texas Tribune. And it, it was interesting because it was like this, like, heroic account at first because it was posted on June 9th. But it's interesting because here's the editor's notes. The editor's notes say this story contains explicit language. And what follows is Chief Pete Arredondo's account of the response. Since this interview, new information and statements have contradicted several of his assertions. And then it links, like, see, read about the discrepancies here. So for, for reference, it is from the Texas Tribune posted June 9th, 2022 by a James, um, Barragon, uh, and a Zach Despart. So, uh, the kind of part that I want to read about is, is it's like, it's in the, in the beginning is, or talk about, excuse me, is it's kind of about like, he, he's saying my mind was to get there as fast as possible, eliminate the threats, protect the students and staff and, and all this other kind of stuff, like the typical, what you'd want to see, what you'd want to hear, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. But regardless of what he says, we've all seen differently, right? Mm-hmm. And so it goes down to probably about, oh, a third of the way through, and it talks about 77 minutes. And so it talks about one of the most consequential decisions was um, – that within seconds of arriving at the school entrance around 11:35 a.m., he left his his police and campus radios outside the school. And it goes on to say, to Arredondo, the choice was logical. An armed killer was loose on the campus of the elementary school. Every second mattered. He wanted both hands free to hold his gun, ready to aim and fire quickly and accurately if he encountered the gunman. Which, first of all, I'm like, holy crap! This this reads like. A really awful book. Um, and so he says on there that um, he didn't speak out sooner because he didn't want to compound the entries or the community's grief and cast or cast blame at others. So through this radio portion of this, the part that made me just kind of go like, you have to be kidding me was it says, thinking he was the first officer to arrive and not wanting to waste any time, Aradonna believed that carrying the radios would slow him down. One had a whip-like antenna that would hit him as he ran. The other had a clip that Aradondo knew would cause it to fall off his tactical belt during a long run. Okay, that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call in the real world a fucking cop-out. Being soft. Okay, if you're to the point where you're in your law enforcement career and a, an antenna whipping you in the side or wherever is so uncomfortable that you can't wear your radio, like you should probably consider getting a different job, like flip some burgers at McDonald's or something. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is if you have a clip 
that you know would cause it to fall off. Here's the deal. Let's change that clip. Yeah, change the clip. <laughs> find a different way to put it on your belt. Find a different way to carry it. And not only that, but train with your shit. You're responsible for your kit. Like, you're responsible for how does it sound? Like, if I want to be quiet, maybe I should get a key holder that, like, wraps around my keys to keep me quiet when I move. Depending on, like, whatever it is that you want out of your kit. And so, to say these things is an absolute cop-out. And to say, like, you're basically just trying to explain away why you made poor decisions. Mm-hmm. And and I get making poor decisions. I even make poor decisions. I still do. Um, but, but I do it's my best. not to, taking ownership. Yeah, I do my best to own it. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, I, I'm like at a complete just loss of like, like this. It, it's almost like that whole, I don't want to go outside because I might get mud on my boots kind of thing. Like that's where you're at mentally. That's how mentally weak you are. Yeah. When you're worried about this whip antenna and all this other kind of stuff, like go out to the range with all your stuff on and roll around on the ground go prone, go kneeling, go all that stuff and feel how everything works. Run, run from the 100 yard line to the 50 and start making a shoot. Don't shoot decision. I mean, even Bill was talking about that. Like we needed to be more physically fit. So when we do make that run, we can make that shoot. Don't shoot Mm -hmm. decision because you know, we, we still have air to breathe and uh, you know, our body isn't so uh, behind the curve that we're making poor decisions. Jansen so, even, he talked about that a little bit today and how out of shape of, there's no like requirements to be a cop for most of the agencies that are at the academy right now. And it just blew his mind. He said it took him all day to do a mile and a half run, basically. Yeah. I, I was, I literally was, like you've heard me say it on the podcast many times, I literally was the first responder that needed a first responder, mm-hmm. like not even joking. And thankfully I just kind of, have somewhat worked my way out of that. I mean, I'm not like a marathon runner or anything, but compared to my colleagues, I recover quicker. Yeah. Um, so, so that was the, that was the first part of that. And, and basically, you know, they talked about how the, the, also I got to chance to read the alert report, you know, and they were talking about how just basically everything was essentially done wrong there. And the alert you, report. Yeah. Was- uh, advanced, uh, alert advanced law enforcement, rapid response training, I think is what it is. Okay. Um, it's basically the de facto, um, agency for the nation in active shooter training, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, it's, it's, it's federally funded. It's got, it's got like the FBI recognizes it as like their training and what everybody should be doing type thing. And so, if you look at like a, if you look at like a map of that school, remember how Bill was saying like one of the officers like they're in an office. Well, if you look at that side of the school, there's zero offices, mm-hmm. nothing. Like it's all classrooms. no way to barricade yourself. Yeah, in like that. And so, you know, Arredondo's one of the first on scene. One of the ISD officers, which is their like their way of saying it's like I think it's Independent School District or something like that, which is ours is Unified School District mm-hmm. USD. Was on scene, and then there was another like law enforcement officer from the local PD that was on scene. Was this a public or private school? Public, know? yeah, okay. public school. And so, whoever said like that's in the office, like Arredondo and that ISD officer at the very least should have said, "Hey, you know, that's not an office; that's a classroom." Yeah. And even though you're not hearing like all these bang, 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 because I I remember going to the academy and being trained that active loss of life, right? I remember hearing all these gunshots, pushing to a room, pushing into a room, and I was the first guy in the room and neutralizing the bad guy in the room. 
So my mind's eye is you've got this bad guy as you breach the door. He's got a gun pointed at somebody. You know, you stop the threat. But after the fact is people are being shot and their lifeblood literally is leaking out of them and they're dying. So you still have active loss of life, Mm -hmm. even though you may not be hearing shots. Yeah. Because the vast majority of the shots were fired before the law enforcement officers ever really even made it into the school. And what so did, he said there was like 12 shots fired after they made it in or something like that. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't, it wasn't very many of the 100. Mm-hmm. Like I think it, the, the, the total after they entered the building and, and again, they're estimating based off of what they heard on like body cameras and in the in school camera. Uh, Cause the way they made it sound like is the, the cameras in the school had audio too. Mm. Uh, I don't know how or why or whatever. But um, basically, the alert report basically said off of audio estimations, they were counting rounds that were fired. So there's no way to know for sure. But uh, another thing that I wanted to kind of wrap up with is, is like if you're a law enforcement officer and you're out on the street and you haven't worked these problems, right? You haven't run with your gear on. You haven't trained with your gear on because I've had officers that I take to the range and they shoulder a rifle and their mic, their mic that they use for the radio is in the way. Yeah. So they have to move that because there's no way for me to shoulder my rifle and shoot properly. You know, if you aren't doing this stuff, like then, then you are doing your service or your community a disservice. Like they're literally counting on you in these instances to be the one that's there taking care of business. Be fucking ready to take care of business. All right. Like, stop being soft. The, the I understand that like our society is lowering its standards and not holding the bar, but you need to step up and hold the bar. And if you're not willing to do that, own it, admit it, and go find something else to do. I would respect you a whole lot if you said, "Listen, this isn't for me. I'm done. I'm out. Go Catch you later." Construction you know? or something like that. So it's just one of those things that it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I love in this whole like, oh, my radios were essentially uncomfortable, so I didn't carry them. That's essentially what was said. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. But, you know, vest is probably your most, well, gun is probably your most important thing. Vest is your next most important thing. And a radio is definitely your like lifeline to everyone and everything to help get you help when shit goes bad. At what point on scene do you like say this guy? isn't it like we need to do something different do you like is there a way to do that yeah um i mean you're obviously going to be going against orders you're know, essentially like, going to have to organize a mutiny is essentially what it is yeah um and and the, i mean at what point in a situation like this would you be like fuck this let's go you know you know that's that's a tough decision because you know there there is a lot of implications there because i mean essentially i mean if you if you do that you can lose your job mm-hmm. i mean you're going to be basically fired if you if you do that and but you know you have to be able to stand up for what you think is right and in those situations i think if if you did do that in this situation and let's say you got fired any other law enforcement agency is <laughs> going to pick you up a they're short staffed and b they're like oh wow you stood up and did the right thing like you're the kind of person we want please you know, come work here. I just feel like there's a lot of other guys that were there and those, there's no way they didn't have a feeling that like, Hey, we should be doing something. You know, yeah. Instead of just standing here. Well, and, and you I'm know, sure that 77 minutes went by in the snap of fingers, but still, I mean, I bet like when there's no gunshots for 30 minutes at a time, I bet you're itching to go do something. Well, and Bill illustrated the point well too, when he said like, if you're officer number nine on the scene, like, how are you going to react? And I could get that. Like the first two or three on scene, you know, they, they had, they had the burden to 
neutralize the threat and keep that momentum going. They stop the momentum. Mm-hmm. So if you're literally officer number nine on the scene and you're walking into this hallway and there's eight other officers <clears throat> and they're telling you, hey, everything's fine. He's a barricade subject. He's in an office, all this other kind of stuff. Like I said, all these other dudes that are here, they're all they're all people that I've responded to calls with mm-hmm. that I've put my life on the line with. Like if they tell me something like this in a shit hit the fan situation, like I'm going to trust what they tell me. I have no reason otherwise, unless I hear something otherwise. If I start hearing like screaming or more shots or, you know, whatever that changes it, then we, you know, we need to get that momentum going again. But again, if you're officer number nine on the scene, you're probably going to trust what everybody else says. Like everybody else has got more information than you. Um, when I show up on scene, like let's just take a regular call, for instance. Like if it's a domestic violence situation, I show up on scene and I ask the guys, I'm like, Hey, what's going on? They kind of tell me, and I'm like, all right, cool. And, like, I just base what I see on scene off of what they told me. So, anyway, that's 15 minutes. So, there's my half. No pressure. Your turn. Uh, Well, this is another (laughs) question kind of relating to that. I was going to talk about it last week. Yeah. It's about, like, like policy in certain areas, whether that's a Republican-ran state or city or this or that. Do you feel like... Um, that has a, because we've seen school shootings in blue states and red states now. Um, so I'm not so sure anymore that it necessarily does have to do with the policy on like who's in, who's in charge at the time. What do you think? I I would have to, uh, I would have to say that it's, it's significantly more complex than placing a pin in one item. Yeah. Um, you know, when when I was talking, and, and I don't want to ruin it because there's so much cool shit we could talk about with Janine, but I seriously think that that secondary traumatic stress that, like, doctors, law enforcement officers, all those people that they, they experience, we as a nation are being subjected to that through our media. Like, just micro, micro stress of, like, the economy's bad, the inflation's bad, the Trump is bad, Biden is bad, like, you know, all this bad stuff, right? And so you, you're, you're like, and then you have these people that are consuming this stuff like just over and over and over and over through our media. And I think that, you know, those micro stresses just over years and over time are affecting mental health. And then, you know, you have states like ours where I can easily get a gun and travel to Chicago, Illinois Mm -hmm. and shoot somebody, or I could travel to Los Angeles, California and shoot somebody. The difference is, is because now, now gun advocates would then say, well, then you need to make it illegal there so everybody will be safe. Well, first things first, you know, look at England. Instead of guns, they run each other over and stab each other. And so now they're like trying to outlaw knives, like knives are illegal. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even to the point where they have like safe zone knife drop boxes and like you can literally like put your kitchen knives in there and shit like that. Like that's where it's at. Like, so where do we draw the line? Where do we stop? I mean, if somebody wants to kill somebody, it's going to happen. Yeah, they'll find a way. They'll sharpen a stick. And the things that we have seen is in those pro-gun states, like the, the the gentleman that neutralized the active shooter in the mall. Like, I am a huge proponent of everybody, like, having a gun and being trained and know how to use that gun. Not just have a gun, but, like, know how to use that gun. Because that dude neutralized that active shooter in, like, six seconds. Mm-hmm. And he was just, like, a normal, everyday, average Joe. Like, not a former cop, not a military guy. And there that was problem a, was solved in seconds. There was a shooting that almost happened. I think it was in Texas in a church or something. 
and I think the same situation. Did we talk about it on the podcast earlier? I know me and you have talked about it, but like they stood up and put a bullet between his dude's yeah. eyes before he was yeah. able. Yeah, and he and he was te- definitely a boomer because it was a three fifty seven Sig. Like yeah. nobody carries three fifty seven Sig other than boomers. So <laughs> yeah, but he did put it right between the guy's eyes. So I have to give him credit for that. <coughs> like literally between the guy's eyes. So. So, well, I guess that's all we got for that. And we're just going to move segue on. From, segue from uh, school, all shootings. This school shootings to dessert. Desserts. Oh, yeah. speaking of dessert, I got to tell you a story. Let's hear so it. So we can segue into this. I've got a buddy that is a firefighter in Texas. <coughs> and just to give you a mind's eye of like what like first responders do and how we deal with stresses, give you a little insight and people are probably going to lose a little respect, but... um is they have this thing called death desserts. And I was like, what are death desserts? And he says every time they respond to a dead body, they try to decide what that person would have had for dessert that day. And then that's what they make at the station for dessert that night, and they call it death desserts. That is... (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) A little strange. Yeah. I was like, like, it's, it's one of those things of the random ways that you deal with stress. Yeah. And I was just like, interesting. Guess <laughs> like, way interesting. to un- unwind. Fucking hose draggers. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to, your little feuds you guys have. So, what death desserts are you going to talk about tonight? I just want to, like, <laughs> talk about some of my favorites. And one that is kind of unpopular, apparently. Um, and I just want to know, if, like, who's ever heard of it? Like, we'll put a poll out on Instagram. And just let me know if you've tried it. But one of my favorite, like, underrated, probably not as heard of desserts is sour cream and raisin pie. And I don't know what it is about it. It sounds gross. But once you try it, you're hooked. I promise. Well, so now you have to say, because if there's people that are raising an eyebrow, what is in sour cream and raisin pie? Sour cream, raisins, a bunch of sugar. <laughs> Pie crust, pretty much. <laughs> well, you said there were some like egg whites and stuff like that too, right? For the, is it margarine or whatever you make on the meringue? Not margarine, meringue. <laughs> we do have a guest in here today, by the way. She's just listening and laughing yeah, at us. Yeah, she's just being shy. <laughs> but, um, meringue, <laughs> margarine. All right, awesome. Meringue, yeah. Uh, so, uh, where did you first try this? <laughs> Strange story. <laughs> it was actually <laughs> um, at my ex-in-law's Christmas. Really? Yeah. And was that one of those staples that you wanted to see like every year after that as a result then? Yeah. I don't even have any cool ones that I can talk about. Like really? I just, like I'm, I'm boring. Like, What's your favorite dessert? Strawberry cheesecake, man. It's a very good one. Yeah. I mean... Or or cheesecake with like caramel, like you know how you can buy the G- Giardelli, is that how you say it? Giardelli, like little squeeze bottles that have like yeah. chocolate and uh, caramel and stuff. And that'd be pretty badass too. Have you ever tried Snickers salad? Snickers salad? Yes. Okay. I'm I've never tried it. She said suggested it to me. What is Snickers salad? It's uh like chocolate apples. Yep, chopped apples. Um, Snickers, caramel, oh, okay, marshmallows. Okay, well, maybe. so I'm I'm literally picturing like lettuce in this, so that's why I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> okay. 
that that's not uh, that makes sense then. Something that I sounds just, pretty it, good. I mean, it does sound good. It sounds like a caramel apple with some chocolate. Dude, I want to do some of that um, protein bread that uh, Fatima made. Yeah, it looked pretty good. Because she said she got it from Mai, so that means it has to be good. I saw like a caramel apple protein shake recipe today that looked pretty good. Like you dice up apples and you blend them in with your caramel protein from first form yeah i was gonna say speaking of that how how are you liking the first form proteins and stuff i like the 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 proteins what about the pre-workout i mean most pre-workout yeah it's the the one thing i like about it it's got the creatine already in it so i don't have to take that every day and didn't you buy some of the uh, energy drinks too Mm -hmm. i tried the citrus it tastes like mountain dew it's good yeah blue raspberry was all right still have yet to deliver me one of those it's whatever I always forget. It's my bad. Well, we went from uh, bitching to desserts. Yep. Or for me, like hanging shit on another law enforcement officer to desserts. Yeah. So you guys need to let us know the real issue here on sour cream and raisin pie. Yeah. We got to know. And we're going to put something up on our Instagram story too. Like (laughs) we want to know like what some of the craziest, weirdest desserts or whatever it is that you've had. Yep. Let's hear about it. Yeah. And we're, there's probably going to be this one where like, did you see this? This was, you got to see, you got to, we got to talk about this. This one looks gross. I mean, some people would consider, consider like our chili and uh, cinnamon rolls. I know there's a lot of out of state people that, yeah. like, they look at us like, what the fuck are you Dude, chili guys? and cinnamon rolls is the bomb, man. It's good. And like Nelson, when he got here, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Let me introduce you. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's. Pretty much wraps up a to the point already. That went pretty quick. Sounds like a plan to me. So, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time to, to just be here with us. Uh, continue giving us ratings, reviews. We really appreciate it. It really helps us uh, trying to kind of get the message out there. We are finally over 3,000 listens. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, we are truly humbled by that. Uh, don't forget we're renting the podcast studio out. Should you want to start your own podcast rent or uh, uh, and you don't have the stuff or the equipment or the know-how, be more than happy to help you uh, record that stuff. Just hit us up. You can check us out at www.thehigherpoints.com. Click on the contact contact page and email either one of us. Also check us out on Facebook uh, at the Higher Points Podcast and on Instagram at the Higher Points. We'll catch up with you guys next time. See you guys.